For you here at the church. We're going to be doing an Easter cantata. So what's a cantata? All it is is a bunch of us on stage singing and worshiping the Lord on Easter morning. So Salem, what's all the details? So if you can sing and you'd like to be a part, you can go out to the Welcome Center and sign up, or you can see either of us or Regina Ingram to get involved, and we would love to have you come worship with us. Yep, come join us. Sign up today. Women become in an atmosphere of security. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. Because we cannot reach our full potential without each other. You're not pursuing your wife as the treasure she is with your whole heart, and you are missing out. Your wife needs and deserves your whole heart. Husbands are our treasure too. Whatever we put our effort to, Whatever we give our time, our resources to, that's gonna become the treasure in our life. You can experience your freedom. You can experience forgiveness that is not of this world. You're gonna experience it in his time, for his glory, but in the meantime, don't miss it. Good morning, everyone. How are all you guys doing? <laughs> Do you realize how cold it is outside? It was two degrees on my car, and that wasn't wind chill. I'm thinking, wow, it's cold. So I'm just, I'm proud of all you guys being able to come out in this mess. But in, or in the cold, I should say, not the mess. But anyway, I'm glad you're here. You're my family. We're at the family of faith, right? Uh, I'd also like to welcome you, if you're a first-time guest, uh, just look in the pew in front of you, in the back of it, and there's a little card, and if you'll be so kind to fill that out, 
and just drop it in the offering bucket when the offering time comes or take it out to the welcome center. Either one will, will help us along, okay? And we won't be sending you all this junk and, and trying to do all these things. It'll just be, you know, we know who, who you are, okay? So we're nice to have you, and I'm impressed if you're here today with this cold weather because it's really cold out. And uh, I also want to welcome all the live streamers this morning. We're glad that you're joining us. And I'm telling you, seriously, I was gone for two weeks, and I'll tell you about that if you guys have got a minute. You got a minute? All right. But I was gone for two weeks, and I really appreciate when I'm gone being able to still be at church through live streaming. I really appreciate that. But what happened, <laughs> I was trying to make healthy cookies. Okay, the ones with no sugar, and I looked on Facebook, and they had this recipe for no sugar. And I tell you what, if I find that person, <laughs> but anyway, so I got this recipe out, and it's all like bananas and applesauce and all this good stuff and raisins and all this. So I made these oatmeal cookies, and I made them for Pastor and, and Quentin, because Quentin will eat candy like you can't even imagine. The kid will eat bags of candy, so we got to watch him and hide her candy because he'll just, I'm serious, he just eats candy like crazy. So I made these cookies, and uh, they came home, and I said, uh, now, i, I got to tell you guys this. So I tasted them first, okay, and I went, and I spit them out. But I thought, now, my taste buds are different than their taste buds, so I won't say a word, and I didn't. Okay, so Pete comes home and I said, honey, I made you some no sugar cookies, but they've got applesauce and this and this, this. And oh, okay, he said, then they were chocolate chip. So he goes, he takes a big bite, and Pete has got a big mouth. I mean a big mouth. He used to, when we first got married, take my whole fist and put it in his mouth. That's how big a mouth he's got. Now I've gained weight, he probably can't get it in. But anyway... So he took a bite of that cookie, and he almost ate the whole, I mean, you know, put the whole thing in. And he went, oh, and he spits it out in the trash. So Quentin goes, and he gets him a cookie. He does exactly the same thing. So I said, okay, you guys don't like the cookies. I'll just go and throw them away. So I go out in my deck. I opened up my door, went out on my deck. I had my house shoes on. And went out on my deck, and, and it was during that ice storm, okay? Didn't know. There was this teeny, tiny, I couldn't even see it, thin layer of ice on the deck. Oh, buddy, my feet went up in the air. I hit my head on, on the deck, and I think, seriously, I was knocked out for a second because I don't remember my feet going under the wrought iron. And so both my feet went under the wrought iron, and it scraped this one really, really bad, but this one, it twisted. I don't know how that happened. And anyway, so the, Pete and Pete come out, and I yelled at him. He couldn't hear me because they had the TV on, so I'm out there yelling, somebody, you got to help me, help me. So finally, Quentin heard, so Pete come out and tried to get me up, and he was slipping and sliding all over the place. So we had to get Quentin out there, so I couldn't walk, couldn't even put this foot down. I would try to put it down when he lifted me up. I couldn't. It was so painful. 
So long story short, Quentin comes, he gets both arms, Pete gets my waist, and they lift me up, and they put me on their shoulders, you know, like my arms on their shoulders, and carry me in the house. And for two weeks, I sat with ice on my leg. It swelled so big, and it was so painful. So, But I'm here today, and just got a little bruise left. Yep, <laughs> praise God. But I thank God for live streaming. Because I was able to sit there with my leg up, with it being iced, and be able to be with all you guys. And to be with the Lord and to be in His presence. So it was a good thing. But I had to share that with you. Huh? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. I'm glad. No, I went out and why I slipped is because I went to throw them out to the birds. And when I did, I went like that. And boy, that's when it happened. Sorry, I'm glad you, glad you reminded He said I hit the hardest and the widest. Now you think of that. That's what I live with, and he couldn't even lift me up. He said, if I hadn't been here and I'd have been in Brazil, how would you have got up? I said, I'd have crawled. I'd have done something. But anyway, <laughs> I just like to tell you guys stories. <laughs> okay, uh, the Friday the 12th and Saturday the 13th is the XO conference, the marriage conference, right? And now you can sign up online or you can go out to the Welcome Center and you can find out information about it out there. Uh, You know, we can always, guys, be working on our marriage, right? Pete and I have been married 50 years and we still need work on our marriage. But even if you're just newly married or you're... 50 years. You still need work. So it always helps to go to the marriage conference. So don't forget that, okay? And then home groups start next Sunday. This is a great time for fellowship and to get connected with your brothers and sisters in the family of faith. This is a good thing. So uh, go out to the Welcome Center or you can go online and find out which one's in your area. And you don't have to go to that one. You can go to any of them. But find out which one's in your area and just go. And, and it's time to make friends. If you're new here, you haven't been here long, you can make friends. It's just a really great time for fellowship. All right? And then Only Believe Kenton is having their 10th anniversary celebration tonight. Yep, pastor's going to be there. And he's going to be having a miracle. So he's going to be teaching. And he's going to be having a miracle service as well. And that starts, let me see here. You know what? Oh, there it is. 6 p.m. tonight. And uh, we love our campuses. We really do. We've got good pastors in both our campuses. And it's, it's great. So if you could come out and be with Pastor tonight, he would love that. And if you can't, that's okay as well. But they're going to be celebrating their 10th. 10-year anniversary in Kenton. That's amazing. Yes. Absolutely. Well, are we ready to worship the Lord and thank Him for what He's done for us this week? Absolutely. All right.
protect and still be moved. Strongholds I still be moved. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do. And bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe it. Yes, we can see it. Wonders are still what you do.
10 years ago, I, God gave me a word and I was too afraid to come down here. And today I think he gave me another word and I'm going to be obedient. And as we were singing the first song, he said to me that every voice counts. Every voice matters. Young, old, teenagers, children, grandparents, every voice matters. You are counted. Praise God. That's good. Hallelujah. Glory.
this is a house. This is a house of miracles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Inside of each and every one of us is a miracle. Amen. If Christ is inside of you, then a miracle lives inside of you. Hallelujah. The miracle working power of God is not done away with. It's for today. It's for tomorrow. And it was for yesterday. Amen. God changes not something we can count on. Though the world be shifting and shaking. Something you can't depend on. We put our trust in Jesus. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Today is... A beautiful day, but it's another day that we get to give. We get to give. We get to demonstrate who we are in our worship to the Lord. I know last week that David spoke during the offering about John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave. This month we're talking about loving your neighbor. That's our series that we're on, loving your neighbor. Do you know that your gift of tithe, your gift of offering, your gifting of giving is connected to love? You can give all day long without loving. All day long. But you can't love without giving. You can't not give a hug. You can't not give a kiss. Jim, are you compelled to kiss Peggy when you love her? Amen. It causes you to move to action. Love demands a response. So when God so loved the world, he gave to you and I. But because we love him, we keep and we do his commandments. That word keep means that you keep the written word of God before your eyes on a regular basis. Because if you don't look at the word, you can't do the word. Because you won't know what the word says to do if you don't keep it before you. You're in Israel. We would walk. We would be driving in a bus. And you would see these gentlemen dressed in a long robe. And they had these strings down their robe that their robe was tied together. And on each string was a different amount of beads. And I asked the gentleman, Arturo, I said, what's the beads? I don't understand. Why is everybody playing with the beads? Because while they were waiting, they weren't on Facebook. While they were waiting in line at Walmart, they weren't on Twitter. These strings, there's 10. And on one, there's one bead. And on two, there's two beads. And on three, there's three beads. And every time they feel them, they're keeping the Ten Commandments before their eyes. So that they could do them. So when they walked across the street and a car or bus didn't stop, they didn't yell at the car. They didn't flip the car off. They didn't get angry. They didn't get mad because they loved God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and they loved their neighbor. So you and I have to keep the word before our eyes. And know this, that every word you read, every scripture you read has a past meaning, a present meaning, and a future meaning. Every scripture in here that talks about love, it talks about giving, talks about your money. I know you don't want to hear that, right? Every scripture in here can be referred to every place of your life. So you and I have to be responsible, right? Because if we really love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, then we'll do what the word says. 
This is why we tithe. I don't tithe because I'm told to. I don't tithe because it's something I should do. I tithe because I love God and I believe his word is true. And when I do and I mix it with my obedience and my faith, something happens. And the process of God in my life begins to work. And I truly understand money, time, talent, and my treasure the way God does. So today as you tithe, place your heart with it. It's not just an action because love compels us to give and do what's right. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we come before you today, God, over our tithe and offering. And God, as I say every week to you, I count it an honor to give to you. Why? Because I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the price that you paid at Calvary. And God, love sometimes is uncomfortable for us. God, if you ask us to do something, we will respond. If your word says it, we will do it and walk it through to the end. Why? Because we love you. And we believe that the word of God is true and it will not fail. Now, Father, bless everything we put our hands to this week. And Father, I thank you that that what you stated about the tithe, Father, that when we bring it into the storehouse, it shall do and accomplish that which you've called it to. But Father, that you will pour out a blessing that we cannot contain while opening the windows of heaven. Father, we thank you. We claim it done and we stand on the written word of God and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bring your tithes and offerings today. And don't forget, their globe in the middle is for missions. the Lord. You could just stand with me just for one more moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need a life change. You're in the right place. Hallelujah. You need a breakthrough. You're in the right place. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, this is love month. <laughs> February, of course, for Christians, is always a love month. Amen. We love our enemies and we love our wives and hallelujah. So I want to speak to you today about the love of God for you. I wrote in my notes here, a love of God for me. The love of God for me. Let's turn our Bibles and start out in Romans, the third chapter, 9 through 20. This is a reflection of Paul as he writes to the Roman church and reveals the state of all mankind. Reveals the state of all mankind. What then, are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have before proved that both Jews and Gentile, that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. We are all going to stray uh, of, out of the way. They are together all become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an empty scepter and their tongue they have used deceit and the poison of asp is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness? Their feet are always swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, and 
that every mouth may be stopped and all that the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The knowledge of sin. Ephesians 2, 1 through 22 declares this, that man is unclean, he is without Jesus. In other words, he's estranged from God. He is a stranger towards God. He has no hope of escape. He has positioned himself as the enemy of God. That is a state of fallen man. There is no fear of God. There is no moral standard. There is no standard of right before his eyes. He has left, lost the compass of all that is good. But God does not accept man's failure as man's end. Thank God, God does not accept man's failure as man's end. God is not, neither will he ever be stopped by man, Satan, or any other action or plan or power or any other source that comes against him, his plan, or you in order to keep God from reconciling himself to mankind. Now, I, I don't understand why God wants people that don't want him. I don't, I don't understand that. But God planned his reaction to man's failure before the foundations of the world. Now, I'm not talking about after the mountains. I'm not talking about after the sea. I'm not talking about after light be. I'm talking about before. Before the foundations of the earth, God planned the, found, the foundation of his move to bring it to pass for your life. After God planned it, he then declared it by his prophets. And after he declared it by his prophets, he performed it by himself. He did not count on man. He counted on man to do what he had always done, reject God. And that's what we see them doing at the judgment seat of Christ. So we know that God planned it, God declared it, and God performed it by himself. His reconciliation or his plan required a holy vessel. It required that God do something. Now understand that God is not in need of man. God is not in need of man. Man is in desperate need of God. God will be God. He always has been God, and he will never stop being God. Whether man believes, doesn't believe, responds, or does not respond, God will not be changed. Amen? He was, he is, and he ever will be. But man is in desperate need 
of God. What motivates God to love people that hate him, despise him, don't want his government, curse him, blaspheme him? I don't know, it wouldn't take much for me to distance myself from people like that. Of course, I've never been able to get away from my in-laws, but it doesn't stop me from trying. And uh, so, what is what we have been declaring? We have been declaring that love is the motivation of all action and follow-through. We know that in, for, uh, in John 3.16, for God what? So love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth should not perish but have everlasting life. That was the motivation of God. When no one was seeking God, God was seeking man. We know that we love God for the simple fact, 1 John 4, 18, we love him because he first loved us. Amen? God's love has already been established. It's been scrutinized. It's been judged. It's been tried and found to stand eternally. Acts 20, 28, it wasn't just Jesus, the son of the living God. It was God in the flesh. Acts 20, 28 says, who God himself purchased by his own blood. Sometimes we look at the cross and say, well, that was Jesus. And it was Jesus, hallelujah. And there is no getting around it. But never doubt and never let it fade from your mind that that is God himself. Revealing to us the immense cost that it takes to free a man. We understand that hearing is God's love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and gave him his only begotten son for us. Now you might say, well, I know all those scriptures, Pastor, and I, I know that we can quote them, but we have never ever touched the tip of experiencing them. What brings a man to repentance, to turn away from drugs, alcohol, disease, lust, addictions, what causes a man to turn his hand, his faith, his life away from the wealth of the world? What causes a man to lay it all down and pick up the cross? And to tell you the truth, none of us have found that. Just from observation of activity, I'm just telling you, you nor I have found the motivation to lay down our life and pick up a cross. No, 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 not, not, no. Oh, yes, I've done, no, 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 no. No, you haven't. Because the kingdom of God would be abounding there would be no moment that we were not sharing, declaring, praising, adoring, serving, giving. And I'm just telling you from my perspective of my own life, 
There is a lack of motivation to lose my life that I may find it. Now, I'm not being mean to you, but it would behoove me not to deceive you into thinking that you were right when you were wrong. And to leave you in a state that you thought you were right and you were wrong. The word of God is not hard and it's not condemnative. Oh, I just feel like, I just feel so low. Get over yourself. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the love of God for you <laughs> and the necessity of it. Now, Jesus came to die for you and I to free us from him that received his power through death, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15, and to free them who through all their lifetime were subject or bound, led by, enslaved by fear. Do you know that anxiety, worry, depression, and fear is one of the number one medical problems of America. I mean, they now are diagnosing children three or four years old with depression. If somebody brought me out, snatched me up, whacked me on the backside, and set me down and started sucking my nose and my lips and everything else and scrubbing me with soap that I was not even familiar with, I'd be depressed too. God does not see man in his state of failure. But if we do not understand the love of God, a life without the love of God is simply destined to end without him. It is destined to end without him. I read this story. This story was about a Vietnam veteran. This Vietnam veteran called his mother and father. He was in another state, California. And uh, he called his mother and father and he said, Mom and Dad, I have a friend I want to bring home with me. They said, okay, okay, uh, yeah, uh, okay. When, when are you going to come? He said, but before I do, I want to ask you if he can live with us. They said, uh, well, uh, I guess. Why doesn't he have a place to go? Well, when he was in Vietnam, he stepped on a mine. And he lost his arm. And he lost his leg. He only has one leg and one arm. And uh, his dad said, son, you don't know what you're asking. He said, you know, your mother and I are just now getting to the place to enjoy our life. I, I mean, we've worked hard. We've saved. And now we're, we're going to reap what our life has provided for us. We, we son, it just doesn't make sense for us to give it all up for somebody that we've never known. 
He said, okay, mom, okay, dad. And he hung up the phone. About two weeks later, they got a call from a hotel, the police station, that their son had jumped out of a hotel room and killed himself. They couldn't even fathom it. That can't be our son. No, no. Too many drink. No, no. They get on an airplane and fly to California to verify that it's their son. When they get there, they pull back the sheet, look at his face. It's their son. They pull back the sheet further. He has one arm and one leg missing. It just dawned on them, the person he was bringing home was a person that they did not know, but was actually their son. I wonder how many of us could have withstood that type of rejection. But that's really what man offered God. Something deformed, something abnormal, something damaged, something broken. And he comes to God, but God says, make room in the house. God says, I love him despite his condition. If we could get a revelation of that love, we could walk a fearless life, which would mean that we would walk a faithful life. But through the death of Jesus Christ, no matter what it took, God paid the price for you and I to be reconciled unto God. Now that word reconciled doesn't just mean reinstated back in the garden. doesn't mean that at all. Adam never was declared to be the son of God. He was created by God, but you and I are born of God. And we are the sons and daughters of God. We are born of an incorruptible seed that endureth forever. So God doesn't stop at what man's doing or what he looks or even his heart condition or his momentary activities against all that is righteous. God sends his only begotten son, himself clothed with Christ, comes and dies on the cross for you and I. You and I. And the word reconciliation means that it is the point of great exchange. God brings man to a place of exchange. That place, that encounterment, is the cross. It exchanges sin for righteousness, joy for sorrow, prosperity for poverty, honor for and favor for disgrace, provision for need, 
healing for sickness. The Bible says, look, though your sins be as crimson and, and as your sins be red, come to you and I, let us reason together and let me show you how deep my love is so that your sins could be transformed into snow and as wool. Isaiah 1.18, God has a plan for you and I. And nothing could stop it, and nothing can stop it. Amen? Now, what brings man to repentance to forsake all that he has? We would say, well, the gospel, the cross. Absolutely. Right. Both. Inseparable. Both. The same story. Both. Containing the same price needed for man's sins. But what brings him to the place that he looks on the cross and says, I am accepted. Isn't it the foundation of all repentance and faith? God so loved the world. If man cannot see love in the cross, he can go no further. He may bend a knee, but he can never surrender a heart because there is no safety where love does not reign. If God was not a God of love, there would be no mercy and grace at judgment. I was thinking, God, we spend all of our time forgetting about our sins, and we should. We want to get beyond our sins. But the problem is we never embrace who we are because of the cross or the love that God had for us. So what we do is we repent, we turn from our sins, but we never embrace the place of acceptance. And thus the great struggle of Christians to live in a world we are supposed to be separated from it, but we become very tainted by it. When it talks about the love of God, it doesn't just talk about forgiveness. Could I have a Deuteronomy 7, 13 on the screen? Sometimes we think that love just ends at forgiveness. Ending at forgiveness is not the end of the love or the love plan of God or the reconciliation of God. Only sonship and you and I living in it brings love and its story to an end. It says in Deuteronomy, he will love thee, talking about God, he will love thee, he will bless thee, multiply thee, he will also bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of thy land, the corn and thy wine and thine oil and the increase of thine kind with the flocks of thy sheep and the land which they swear unto thy fathers to give thee. And thou shalt be blessed above all people. Thou shalt not be male, there shall not be male or female barren among you or in or yeah, among your flocks. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness 
and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt or of the world which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon those that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver into thine in deliver thee, thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt, they, thou, shalt thou serve other gods, for they will be a snare unto thee. And if thou shalt say in thy heart, but the nations are more than I, how can I dispose of them? And thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and to unto all Egypt. And great temptations which thine eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, and the mighty hand of the outstretched arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought you out. And so shall the Lord thy God do unto the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send hornets among them until they are left and hide themselves from thee and be destroyed. Thou shalt not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is among you, a mighty God and a terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee, little by little, that thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they are destroyed. Wow. What was all that the basis of? The Lord thy God shall love thee. God never stopped with just bringing them out. He brought them out to take them in. And for you and I... When God restores us, what we have to understand is Romans 8, 14 through 17 says that we are joint heirs. We've not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of adoption. This is reconciliation, the spirit of adoption. Why did God do it? Because he loves man. Man doesn't love God, he's not seeking God, doesn't want God, he's rejected God, but God in all of his love creates a plan of reconciliation. I want to give you a great exchange, your past for my future. Come on, hallelujah. Your hell for my heaven. And so God says, look, I want to make an exchange for you. And so God makes a divine exchange, and in that exchange, Israel receives what another had. In our exchange in the New Testament, we receive joint heirship with Christ Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that he takes one pie and keeps slicing it thinner and thinner. In other words, what it means is I made you a joint heir I made you a receiver of everything that Jesus has, you have. For everything that another son has, you have. For everything that I gave him, I gave you. I raised him up and seated him, I raised you up and seated you. I called him by a new name, the first among born of the brethren. I call you now son 
a brother of Christ Jesus. I put the enemy under his feet. I put him under your feet. So we have to realize that we are joint heirs, joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Go to 1 John 3, 1 John 3, 1. We are right now, somebody say now. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. What keeps us from moving into that? Well, we would say a lack of faith. Then we could say the abundance of fear. It says, behold, what manner, what depth, what kind of undefinable, unimaginable love the Father hath bestowed. Anybody know what bestowed means? Give, put upon. You bestow knighthood upon a man or honor upon a man. Or an office upon a man. You ever notice that they never call, well, you know, ex-president? They always call him president. President Clinton, President Bush. They're always president. Why? Because it's been bestowed upon them and it cannot be taken away. You ever notice when they bestow senator, they say, hey, senator from so-and-so. He, he left office eight years ago. He's still a senator because it has been bestowed upon him. It's been given to him. And here it says, what hath bestowed upon us? Somebody say the love. It's been given to you and I. It doesn't belong to God anymore. He's given it to you. In all of its glory, all of its glamour, all of its power, all of its work, and all of its benefits, it's yours. That we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now, that word now means right now, this present moment. It does not indicate nor point to some sweet by-and-by day in the coming heavens. It means right now. It means in this present moment, wherever you are, you stand as a child of God because of the work of God's love, the cross, through Christ, you stand with all the benefits of Jesus Christ himself. And then it says this. Now we are the sons of God. Now it does not yet appear, because we look through a glass darkly, dimly, what we shall be, but we know that when he, Jesus Christ, shall appear, we shall be... Does it say changed to be like him? Or does it say we will be like him? He will be like him before he returns. We don't become like Jesus. We receive a glorified body 
that we may dwell with Jesus. No, no, you do not become like Jesus when you are raptured. He's coming back for a bride. And if you're not already the betrothed, if you are not already the bride, guess what? You ain't going. See, Jesus isn't coming for our physical body. He's coming for the heart that has been recreated, reconciled, called unto God to be a son and a daughter. And when he appears in the heavens, we will realize we are like him. Therefore, death and hell have no power over us because it had no power over him. And it says this, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Next verse. And every man that hath this hope purifieth himself even as he is pure. We are the sons of God. The reason that we are the sons of God is that we did not just observe the cross. We came to the cross. We saw the love of the cross, which produces a forgiveness, a mind that is not condemned, a mind that is not dominated by fear, a mind that does not remember who they were without God, but hears the words of Enter in, thou art accepted, my beloved. I am the well-favored of God. You are the well-favored of God. And he says, you're accepted. Come in. That's why he said, come in boldly. Boldly, ask boldly. Whatsoever you ask the Father... Whatever you do, do in the name of the Lord. Remember who you are. Remember the covenant that God has established with you. Hallelujah. Now let's go over to Ephesians 3.14. This will, this will help you enter into a place of blessing It'll keep you from being up and down, run over and picked back up. Ephesians 3.14. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with all might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by what? Faith. That ye being rooted, grounded in the word, 
No, love. Absolutely. Love. Rooted and grounded in what? Love. May be able to comprehend. It means to lay hold of, to make your own, to possess it as if you are the only one it was created for. That you may be able to comprehend, take ownership with all the saints and discover what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. The love of God cannot be comprehended by the natural mind. It did not say it cannot be comprehended by the spiritual mind. The love of God is a reality. It is revealed, but it must be unveiled and infused in a believer's heart. Therefore, when we comprehend it, we can take ownership of it. Remember that we love him because he first loved us. Now, what does the love of God say? If you love me, keep my commandment. He that loveth me does not commit transgression. He that loveth me loveth the brother. How in the world do you do these impossible feats just keeping his commandments? Are you kidding me? Loving the brother. Come on, being without fear, reservation, intimidation. How in the world do we do that? Well, it's by faith, brother. No, it's, it's not by faith. It's by a revelation of the love of God. And that only comes from spending time seeking, finding meditating, and giving the Holy Ghost place that he may teach us all things. Amen. Why are Christians up and down, in and out? Happy, sad, up, down, giver, stingy, bold, fearful, because they have no root of God's love in your life. You have observed the love of the cross. You've come to repentance, but you've never heard the voice, acceptance. You are holy and without blame in Christ. You can come to the throne of God, come to the cross, and say, find one spot on me. It will never be found, except in your unrenewed mind, the devil's desire to accuse and other Christians that don't believe the word too. But you're never going to find it in God's records of your life. Please understand, you're not going to find it. You say, but I remember when you did that, Pastor. Well, you know what? Side up with the devil because God is absolutely, totally against your thoughts. Amen. 
I would just stand and tell you today, by the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no sin that I've ever committed. Oh, now you know. No, that's the carnal mind. I just don't run around with crazy people. I, I am of the understanding that I am of a sound mind. Now, if you're going to think weird, I'm not going to run around with you. Huh? See, you want to make reason your yardstick. Let's make the love of God, his redemption, his reconciliation, his acceptance, his holiness, and his unblameableness, and us being without spot or blemish our standard. Because as he is, so am I. And none of you can point your finger and say, Jesus, I know you did something. We just haven't found it yet. Really? So here it tells us, God will teach us and inform us, unveil to us the love that we have that we might be rooted and grounded, unshakable, unchangeable. No matter what you put us through, we laugh. Whatever you put us through, we have a spirit of praise. Whatever you put us through, we will look up and see our redemption. It doesn't matter if you saw us in half, boil us in oil, crucify us, shoot us, cut our heads off. It does not matter because we will stand and say, forgive them for they know not what they do. Why are people bitter? You've never seen the love of God. Why are they unforgiving? You've never seen the love of God. Well, why are you hurt? You've never seen the love of God. Listen, you get rooted and grounded. You become a fortress that is unpenetrable because love responds with no ill to its neighbor. Hallelujah. And once we begin to allow the Holy Ghost to teach us these things. We begin to comprehend what is the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of it. We see the entirety of the scope of what God is doing. You know, we sang today that song, I believe that God's still making things work out together for the good of me. Hallelujah! Isn't that great? Then something goes wrong and we say, oh my God, what are we going to do now? What are we... Rest in his love. Rest in reconciliation. Rest in sonship. Rest in benefits. God loves you. Let love do what you can't do. Oh, but I, I, what if I don't have enough faith? Ask Peter. He sank and got ripped up. Ask Lazarus. He died and got raised up. Come on, ask the disciples. They were so fearful, the ship was going down. 
And Jesus still spoke to the storm, calmed it, emptied the ship, and brought it to the other side without one oar hitting the water. Well, well, what about, what about what? You don't have any food? Love will provide a way. Let love do what love does. If love never failed Christ and Christ never failed his disciples, then he will never fail us. So we begin to see that when the Holy Ghost teaches us, teaches us, there are two things that are hooked together that the devil is after. Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith? You know the devil is after your faith. But in Romans, can I have Romans 8.35 on the screen? What is the other thing that the devil is after? Ah, there you go. Who shall separate us from the what? Now notice what all these things are trying to separate you from. Why? Because you'll stop being rooted, you'll stop being grounded, you'll stop being motivated, and your faith will fail. Why? Galatians 5, 6 says, Faith worketh by love. How does a man come to the cross? Discovery of love. How does a man accept the provision of the cross? By revelation of love. How can you and I live above sin? By the power of our love for him. And it says this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, 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 nay. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that the motivation why Jesus defeated your foes. Next verse. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, or power, or things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is the devil bent on? Separating you from a revelation of God's love. Soon as that is broken, your faith will plummet. It will plummet. Remember, Satan is paralyzed, imprisoned, brought to uselessness because Jesus died for our sins, delivered us from fear. And if we will simply get a revelation of God's love, God's love. 
Have you ever thought, God, I can't overcome this. I, I failed too many times. Cast your care on the Lord, for he careth for you. All of these things that you and I struggle with can be very easily defeated by simply looking up, studying, meditating, feeding upon revelations of God's love for you. The first thing that you want to do is just say, God loves me. I'm telling you, God likes me. I don't know about you, but he likes me. Amen. He told me I was made in his image. Amen. Some of you got out of the mold before he's finished, but <laughs> for me, for me, I know that he loves me. I, I just know he, I don't, he just loves me. I don't know. I like myself. But God loves me. And as I meditate on that, I become deeply rooted, unchangeable. You know, I can bend, but I won't break. You, you might be able to toss me around, but you aren't going to get to my roots because he loves me. I don't understand why he loves me. Of course, as I get to know myself better, I do. But listen, you have got to begin to think and have the mind of Christ seated in you so that you understand God loves you. The cross is not just a stopping place. It is a starting place that we move through the cross into him. And it is on the other side of embracing him and him embracing us that we discover God's love plan and God's purpose. So if you get a revelation of God's love, you know, the other day, Quentin said, well, Papa, you know, we need to get this, we need, I know, I said, let me tell you how to do that. Go and talk to your grandma. Well, why don't you talk to her? I said, ah, she gets a hard heart. I said, but fresh voices in her life that she hasn't got used to loving on and, and all that kind of stuff, she'll hear you. Well, that's kind of how I think about God. There is nothing that God's not interested in that I'm interested in. There's nothing too little for him or too big for him. Honestly, it's, it, it just doesn't exist. And God wants us to live the abundant life. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Well, Jesus was poor. Jesus was rich. He became poor that through his poverty you might be rich. Now, you don't have to have it. Give me yours. And you believe that God wants you to have something, you wouldn't have a savings account. So I encourage you to empty that into my hands next week. Because I got plenty of places I need to put it. And some of them are not the ministry, some of them are for me. 
But see, we so think that it's all performance. You know what I like about my wife? She knows all my flaws before I've ever confessed them, and she has been living with them for years. Now, I don't feel about her that way, but I'm kidding. Now, let's just start loving and accepting the love of God. There's nothing your enemies can do, your problems can do, your valleys can do, or anything else that can keep you from the victory that love has given you. Can't do it. God is doing far more on your behalf than you're ever going to do on your own. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So God is in love with us. He just loves us. And he takes us at face value. You don't have to cover up and test God whether you can come home a new person. It doesn't matter what shape you're in. God will say, come home. The door is always open. The robe is always waiting. The sandals are all set. The ring is at the table. Come home. Every prodigal son, come home. Every sinner, See the love of the cross. Hear what it's saying to you today. Accepted. The blood has already been shed. It's waiting for you to come. It's waiting for you to come. Every head bowed. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the cross that which you may have around your neck, in your car, in your ear, whatever it might be, the cross says to you, God has accepted you. Come, come unto me, you that are heavy laden, broken, discouraged, disappointed, confused, hopeless, come and Jesus will lift your sins and give you peace. Only he can do so. I cannot, church membership can't, religion can't, and good works can't. But Jesus is here today. And the cross is saying, come. Whosoever will, let him come. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today, the first thing you have to do is accept God's love for you. God was motivated to send Christ because you could not save yourself. You may never have sought God, wanted God, but God has never stopped seeking you. And he's calling to you today, come.
For those of you that would like to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, just lift one hand up in the air. Wherever you are, just lift it up in the air. I see that one. Somebody else. Wherever you are, lift it up. If I miss one, get my attention, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, I'd like to pray with you that raised your hand. If you'll get out of your seat, come down here and let me pray with you today. I'm not just going to pray for you, I'm going to pray with you. Hallelujah. So please come. Hallelujah. The love of God. The love of God. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. How you doing, young man? I am doing great. Praise God. Let's pray and let's uh, receive Jesus, and then we're just going to let Jesus do what Jesus does. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is your only begotten Son. I believe he died for my sins. And I believe that he was buried for three days. And after that third day, you raised him from the dead. And I now confess him as Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you now as my personal Savior. Amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, tell me what happened to you. I went in for a cervical surgery for a compressed spine, C3 through C7. Okay. And when they did the fusion, followed by a laminectomy, the uh, compressed spine oozed out like a, uh, like a biscuit roll, a yeast roll, and damaged the spine. And that was back end of October. In October. And so they basically have no hope? No. It, it's, it's a... Basically, I have motor movement, but I, my sensory part of my nerves, uh, like I'm, everything is numb, but I have motor movement. And I, can't, I can walk like a walker, or I can hold on to things and walk around. But, but so is, is that numb? Correct. I can feel the pressure, but I can't feel, I can feel the pressure when I touch it, but it, it's numb. It's just... Okay, so how... Uh... If uh, we pray and God heals those sensors, how are we going to be able to tell if you can feel? I, I didn't feel that. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, then. I, I can feel the if I push pressure, down. the pressure. Okay. But the sensory part of the, the nerve is not healed. Mm -hmm. it, it should in per some period of time, but it only grows at one inch per month. Surgery toes are five feet apart so it could be five years could be two years well, it could be today that's what i believe hallelujah all righty father in the name of jesus christ i right now curse god this spinal cord damage and in the name of jesus christ of nazareth i command you you devil right now i command you to come out 
out of him right now. I command you to loose him. And God, I loose the working of miracles down through these sensors, God, through his spinal cord. God, touch these nerves in the name of Jesus. I loose the working of miracles in Jesus' name. Oh, God, for your glory. For your glory, God, in the name of Jesus. So you couldn't feel that before. Can't, can't. Cannot yet. Okay. All righty. Father, in the name of Jesus, I loose right now the working of miracles. Oh, God, right now, recreate these sensors. Oh, Jesus, for your glory. And I thank you for it. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Now, you knew that when you come here, you were going to get touched by God. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Let's, uh, Rick, can you help him stand up here? Okay, good. Let's see if you feel anything when you take a step here. It's just like walking on a walker. I can do this. Okay. Because I have the motor movement. Okay. But I have no sensory. Okay. Well, they're coming. I'll tell you that right now. They're coming. They're just coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're getting stabilized. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now tell me what you feel in your legs yet. Stinging. Stinging? Yeah. Oh, good. Have you felt that before? It, it's similar, yes. Somewhat? Okay. All right, good. We just let you get stinged up here. <laughs> Stink, right? Yeah, yeah, stink. Yeah, don't stink. Just stink. Here, Rick, let's just go up this way. We'll take the long way. Now, is that stinging increasing? That's about steady. Okay. Knee gave out. It'll get better. Go this way, Rick. Oh, you're you're gonna get yeah. Don't don't worry. This this is there's a reason we do this. You know, Peter had to get out of the boat. And believe me. So tell me about your legs or your feet. You feel anything different? Uh, they still sting. They still sting. Yep. And I think that's it's, it's better than it was, but not complete. So God's not ready for me to be totally. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's say this. Let's say that God has already done, and there's a thing called the working of miracles. All right. What it does is this: it produces evidence, like this stinging. 
it produces evidence. And what it does is send us a sign, something's different. That creates faith to say God started something. Gotcha. Then we begin to thank God. It's kind of like the lepers went and they were healed as they went. Gotcha. And listen, Eric and I, listen, we see all kinds of stuff like this around crutches. They, they mail me crutches. They mail me cane walkers. Listen, it is the working of miracles. It is only one step of what God does. And what you need to do is just say, you know what? I believe God. I believe God. And you, you had faith when you come here. Gotcha. And that faith produces evidence. Now you just continue to thank God. You don't have anything but that evidence. But that's evidence that wasn't there before. Correct. So you thank God for that. I do. And I'm telling you what. Listen, I've had people say, I got up this morning and got up out of my bed and forgot I couldn't walk. Pastor Dosak, what, I got healed. I'm hoping that happens. Oh, it, it will happen. Listen, God didn't start something in you that he's not going to finish. Gotcha. And from what I hear, you're the only guy in golf Rick can beat. So <laughs> he needs you to be on the golf course. And uh, so you just watch. I'm, Eric, how many? Thousands. Thousands. thousands blind. All kinds of stuff. Mark, you remember that man that was crippled, paralyzed, and uh, we prayed for him back there by that television camera, and uh, I said, what can you do? He said, well, nothing. I said, well, go home. I said, then come back next Sunday and tell me what happened. Next Sunday, he came in here. Mark brought him up to me, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I hope that worked, God. <laughs> well, you know what? He moved his leg and pulled out his hand and shook my hand. He said, God appeared to me on Christmas Eve about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and touched me and healed me. He said, and I said, well, are you a Christian now? He said, well, I guess like I am. <laughs> and uh, so, you remember that, Mark? Listen, it happens all the time. I believe and you. This right here is the working of miracles. I love Don't it. doubt. We prayed that would just continue to go all through your body. You just get up. You're, you're, I'm just telling you, it doesn't fail and it doesn't stop. God bless you. Oh, no, oh, praise God. God bless you, too. Let's walk back. Oh, let's walk back. All right, take him back there. Here. David, you can push me back. Hallelujah. Now, I'll go with him. Hallelujah. Come on, David. Hallelujah, man. Give me a break. Hallelujah. Yeah. Get me a motorized one. If I had one of these to go out to my deer stand every Sunday. Hallelujah. I'd be, <laughs> hallelujah, praise God, there you go, hallelujah, no, right here, David, I'm with the Lord, I'm, yeah, praise God, hallelujah, well, I'll tell you what, whether it's 19 hole-in-ones, God healing, take away his golf, and 19 holes in, pfft, gee, Moni, you play golf, oh, man, that, that's why I don't belong to his golf course, hallelujah, stand your feet today, hallelujah, Jesus, God, we worship you, oh, Jesus, we worship you, we give you glory and we give you honor, you're the master, 
You loved us, God, and you've taken sickness and disease out of the midst of us. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Yet your love flow across this place. God, draw us to you. Draw us to you and let us taste and see that you are good. Oh, God, for your glory, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Wednesday night, we're going to continue our message on revolution. So join us. I'm, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless you. Greet somebody in the name of the Lord. Love them like God loves you. God bless you. Hey, live streamers, we're so glad that you could join us today. Be sure to check out all of our social media platforms, and we can't wait to see you next time.